0: This is coffee number five. I'm your host, Lara Schmoisman. Hello back. Welcome back to Coffee Number Five. And today I want to tell you a little story. You know me already, and you know that I really don't care anymore what people say about me. Or I my filter is very small at this point. And I met online this woman that she posted something that I love and I had to repost it. And she said something like, I'm not a girl boss. I'm not a, I don't even exactly remember what it was, but it was funny. And it shows that she had no filter either. And so I had to get in touch. And so today here is Amelia Sordell. So welcome, Amelia
1: Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, that post went crazy. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm well, glad it us. <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. I I just love that you put your voice out there and you can say what you think. And so can you tell us a little more? How do you get to this point of just don't caring anymore and just go for it? Oh
1: God. It's like it's the thing is, it's not like one thing, is it? I'm sure you can relate. It's like I just feel like in life, you kind of get chipped away and chipped away and chipped away. And the pressure of other people's expectations and being told what to do and what to say and how to act. And you have to fit in these cute little boxes and labels that people want to put you in. But ultimately, none of that makes you happy. And I think, yeah, I just got to a point like after I had my second kid where I was just like, I just got to a point when I was like 29, I was just like, fuck it, like, this is who I am. I'm never going to be anyone else. Why on earth am I trying to be miserable, trying to make other people happy? So I'm just going to be myself. And the craziest thing is when I started doing that, I was like, you know what? I'm not even just going to be myself. I'm going to be myself online, (laughs) (laughs) which is a whole other thing, right? Like being yourself amongst your friends and your peers and your colleagues is one thing, but then trying to put out who you are online is something completely different. But something crazy happened, my co- like, people started saying, hey, like, I agree with you, this is really interesting. And my confidence built. And so over the last two years, I've gone from being someone who was really scared to have an opinion to now, like, I don't care. I don't care whether you like what I have to say. I don't care whether you do like what I have to say. I, I like what I have to say. And that's the most important thing.
0: And that's amazing. And, and you're in Europe, which is a lot more open-minded than the US. In US, we have the, the expression politically correct.
1: Yeah, we have that too. But no one in the UK is politically correct. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, yeah, well, uh, here
0: they really try. And yeah. when you hear people saying, "I that drives me crazy, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Come on, you don't have an opinion. Just yeah. say what you think. I mean, you don't need to agree with me all the time.
1: I know. We're, we're very good. Like, I'm, I'm originally from Australia. So we're like even less politically correct than like the Brits. Like we just say what we think. We you know, where everyone's really open, but we always come from a place of empathy, which I think is really important. like, I would never, ever, ever share an opinion that I thought would hurt someone. Everything that I have to say is like about important stuff and you know, things that I feel triggered by or that impacted my life. And I think that's the real difference is if you come at stuff from a place of empathy and from championing things as opposed to from a place of negativity, I don't think you can ever go wrong.
0: No, of course. I mean, you have to be respectful and I'm not going to go online and insult someone. Um, but I think that, I mean, we are in the same business and uh, of marketing and I feel like out there lately, there are so many people marketing themselves wrong and they're gonna be very short-lived these careers like everyone is a coach and and I mean you don't have, need to have a trajectory to teach something I'm a former professor and I earn my place of teaching by having uh many years of experience so but still I mean I had a curriculum I had a uh, a syllabus that I had to go through, and but these life coaching, those I don't understand. Where did you learn all that? Where is your syllabus? Where is your curriculum? That drives me nuts.
1: Yeah, I I completely can relate. Like. It goes back to that whole thing of like people wanting instant gratification, right? Like it's the reason why young people go to Instagram to try and find career inspiration or everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. Everyone wants to make money and be a trader and like all these things. And I genuinely believe giving ourselves labels like like, it might not even be coach. It might be that you call yourself an expert or a guru or, you know, whatever it is that you brand yourself you're actually putting yourself in a box that limits your your possibilities, that limits your potential by saying, hey, I'm a coach and I don't, but because you'd have no credibility. No one can take you seriously unless you have the things to back up what you're saying. There is that saying, isn't it? If you're gonna talk the talk, you have to walk the walk, which is one of the reasons why I've managed to build my business. I practice what I preach. Every single thing that we do for clients, I've done myself and still do for myself. I'm still on the ground doing all the marketing tactics that we implement in the businesses that we work with for my business and on my personal brand. So you can never turn around to us and say, well, hang on a minute. You're telling us to do this thing, but you're not doing it because I wrote the playbook. I built this strategy from the ground up.
0: Oh, oh my God. They're my sister from different mother. We do, I do exactly <laughs> the same. It's like of course. I mean, and I'm always on the ground working with my team. I have a large team, but I roll my sleeves up and I work side by side with that.
1: It's really important to have your fingers in the pot in the trenches, right? Like be on the ground, knowing what what's happening. Otherwise, otherwise, how can you advise people on what the best thing is to do? Right. Like the 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 greatest travesty, I think right now in the world aside from like the pandemic and everything that's happening is like we have all these people that are heading towards retirement and maybe like a slightly older in age and they're you know getting towards the end of their careers and none of them have any digital skills because they weren't on the ground helping their team absolutely learn and progress and be innovative they were up in their ivory tower in their boardroom looking at spreadsheets like doing the classic kind of john draper you know, mad yeah. men stuff and actually that's not relevant anymore. Like CMOs are being replaced with chief growth officers, like innovation officers, revenue officers, like these people know how to do the jobs that they're leading the teams of people to do and ultimately like all of these people right now who are out of work and have been made redundant over the pandemic who are senior are going to really struggle to find new jobs because they don't have the skill set that the modern day requires them to. Because they got really comfortable, and maybe that was maybe that was the only option they had. Maybe they didn't have the kick up the bum that they needed to go and learn those digital skills. But like, quite frankly, who wouldn't in this time? Like,
0: well, no, I mean, and you're talking about people my age, uh, and. I think that's one of the things that really separate me from my age. I I cannot even say that I feel peers. My peers are all much younger than me because I kept myself relevant and I kept myself studying. Oh, we're going digital. So I learned to learn some coding because if I'm going to go to work with a developer, I had to keep myself on my toes. And uh, you're totally right. I feel like there a lot of people are stay behind and it's really hard to catch up now or impossible even
1: so hard i had this conversation actually with a client the other day he's a tech founder in israel and um, we were talking about the concept of university and how actually the concept of university as it currently stands fails everyone because it's this idea that you pay a couple of hundred thousand dollars to go to school for three years and poof you have all the skills that you need for the rest of your life. But the reality is you that's not what happens. No, you leave school well, knowing all the theory and none of the practice. And, and, so uh, how and what lately, thoughts?
0: what lately is happening? Also, all these people are leaving the university because they paid so many so much money. That they come out entitled, that have the title now i need to get a great job they don't want to start from the bottom
1: for sure but the thing is the way that way of working like and teaching doesn't actually serve us how we should be doing university is not all three years or four years up front it should be split over the course of our lifetime so we go back to school every couple of years we go back to and learn new things every couple of years because not only do you then have the humility to start from the ground right like I, my first job was like sweeping floors. Like literally I was the post girl, the, the tea girl, the like whatever it took to like get myself some brown with my peers. But it means that you're constantly learning constant, constant, constant. So you never get to this stagnation period, right? Career is not linear anymore. You can't just rely on your previous experience to get a new job. You have to display the skills.
0: That's so interesting that you say that because there's also this thread. That, and I I told this story in the past, I, my life was wasn't linear at all. I work in production, in writing, in television, in film. And then I got thrown in marketing and which it made completely sense for everything I did in my life. And at some point in my life, I needed to go back to work. I needed the money. We were a young family and I just put a resume together with everything that I've done, which pay the bills for many years but the the world was changing so I went to this uh recruiter uh, and she specialized in ad agency because it made sense for me to try to go work in ad agencies uh, with all my skills and she said just stay home with your kids nobody's gonna pay you for anything uh, because you don't have that linear career you weren't growing from one place to another and what she didn't realize is well thanks to that and that i didn't get a job i'm here now with my own agency uh, but i at the same time i realized that they were wrong that my skills were valid that what i learned and because i did all these different kind of jobs prepare me for more and even though she said that I won't find a job, I did find a job was in private um, agencies. And I found that toxic that it was really, really hard to work on. And, and at that time I read an article it's called, there is no, not dickheads on the workplace. I don't know if you ever read that one. Uh, I should Google it for it uh, for you. And, It made totally sense. I think that was a moment that for me, it clicked because this guy was saying that the best meetings happen in a hallway, the best meetings happen in the kitchen. And so the closed door policy was ridiculous. It's just... You cannot grow from there. You cannot, uh, as a company, as a culture, you need, as a boss, you need to be working with the team because everyone can see the, the client or the job from their point of view and with their knowledge. And if you hire someone, it's because you, you're trusting those people's skills.
1: 100%. I have a theory that the best leaders in the world aren't the best leaders in the world. They are the they are okay at many things. They're okay at management, they're okay at their skill set, like the marketing or the spreadsheets. If you're a finance manager, whatever it is, they're okay at communication, they're okay. But it's because they have all of those skills stacked up on top of each other that makes them the best leaders in the world. It's not because they're great at leadership, it's because they're quite good at a lot of different things. And that's ultimately exactly what you're saying.
0: Uh, yeah, and absolutely. Even the motherhood gives you so many more skills.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. I learned more. (laughs) I learned more from being, so my kids are two and four, right? So I have small children. I learned more from being a mother than I did in the like previous 10 years of my career. Like empathy, patience, emotional intelligence, negotiation, sales skills, um, project management skills, how to meet hard deadlines, how to juggle a baby and like eight other things at once. Like return to work parents are the greatest undervalued talent pool of all time.
0: Uh, And honestly, that's something that I should, that all those skills, you can put it in your resume just to deal with a sick child when you have to work, that teach you how to work in a crisis and uh-huh. uh, they give you what so answer. many skills and I I can assure you that now me as a mother I have 14 and 17 years old uh, that they're alive and kicking which I'm very proud of I, I feel like that's gave me skills that and I still do things, even though one is in college, I get to remember to ask about their classes or so your mind teach you how to be a lot, gives you more power to your mind.
1: Yeah, I agree. No, I, gen- I really think that return to work parents, like parents coming back from mat- uh, like paternity or maternity leavers are the most underrated talent pool globally. Like employers are just missing out on, on great people because they have a stigma associated to people because they took a career break. Like you're here because your mom or dad took a career break. Like, come on. It's ridiculous. Well,
0: actually my mom didn't take a career break because at that time you couldn't actually. Well, I took,
1: I actually, that's a really bad thing for me to say. I took three months with my son, so it wasn't very long, but the reason I came back so quick was because I thought I would have that stigma. I thought I would struggle to get back into my career. So I only took, well, one.
0: I, I took one day with yeah. both of my kids because yeah. I was working as a freelancer and otherwise I would yeah, lose. Yeah. You can't, job. yeah. You
1: don't get paid. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right.
0: So you have to keep going and, but I'm still alive and I'm still okay. And you know what? I think that those things also teach you to be resilient.
1: Yeah, for sure. There is, no, there is no skin tougher than a mother. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. So Amelia, I know that it's late there and I want to ask you three tips. I always end up with three tips, three, three tips, tips, how to be yourself, three tips, how to stop caring about the, the other ones and follow your gut that you can do it.
1: Three tips on how to be yourself. I think the number one thing I tell everyone, to first of all, it comes from confidence, right? If you're confident, you are naturally yourself, I feel anyway. So the best piece of advice I can give anyone is you need to start getting comfortable with no. You need to have be comfortable with people disagreeing with you and telling you no all the time. And the easiest way to do that is every single time you go and buy something from a store, you ask for a discount. Like I know that <laughs> sounds crazy, but you literally go to a the clothing store, you go to Zara or wherever you buy your stuff. And you say, they ring it off in the till and they say, Hey, that's $300. You say, can I have a 10% discount? And they'll say, Oh, either. Yes. If you get a nice woman or a nice guy, or they'll say no. But the thing is nine times out of 10, they'll say no. And that building of resilience of people saying no to you and you having to have the confidence to ask something that most people don't have the confidence to ask makes such a difference to your confidence. Like, Oh my God, I love that. You feel like, empowered. So like, you'll just go, you will go and ask for a discount everywhere after two weeks, which is great, right? Because you'll save money, but you'll also have this confidence thing. And with that confidence comes your ability to then take that confidence that you have in yourself and apply it to the rest of your life. So instead of asking for a discount, when you go to Starbucks, you're now telling your boss that actually, I don't agree with your strategy here. And here's why with data, I actually suggest we do it this way instead, where well, you would have normally not had the confidence to do that because you don't have that that resilience built up yet. You don't have that, that exposure to no, right? The exposure to no piece is so important. And I think where we, we train our society and our kids to constantly be told yes. Like, you know, constant, constant, yes, yes, you can have that, darling. Yes, if you do this, I'll give you that. And it's always yes, yes, yes. But we need to train ourselves to also deal with no because it's the yeses don't teach us anything, but the no's do, right? So train Absolutely. yourself to no, ask for a discount. Um, yeah, it's not three tips, but it's one good one, I feel. So everyone <laughs> okay. goes, ask for a discount everywhere you go. Another tip as well, if you're interested in doing social media and you want to build your confidence up, it's a similar kind of concept. Put your headphones in and just film yourself like talking to camera down the road and just be okay with everyone staring at you thinking you're an idiot because that will also really build your confidence up. And uh, honestly, that's how I did it was those two things. And now I am so like, I am so, I love myself. I love my opinions. I'm not always right, but I'm right for me. And I think that's what really matters.
0: And I think also it's okay to don't always look your best and don't look perfect. Oh, uh, yeah, what, I, what, I like. <laughs> like what do you have to say? It's more important than how you look and
1: 100%, 100%. I did a post um, a couple of weeks ago about 21 things I would tell my 21 year old self and one of the things was um, your brain is more important than your weight. Like, it doesn't matter. Totally. Totally. You, it's so much more important. And,
0: and your health, because honestly, if you keep taking care of what everyone th- thinks of you and all what the society expects of you and your body and your image, you just need, it's going to affect your health somehow. So and here's, you-
1: a, here's a fun fact, right? For anyone that doesn't enjoy working out. The minute you stop trying to work out to impress other people and the minute you start working out to make yourself healthy, to look after your first principle, which is your body, is the minute you'll start enjoying it and the minute you'll start going all the time because it oh. then becomes your priority because you're putting yourself first.
0: i am I'm still working on that one. I still hate to work out.
1: You need to find the right thing. I do Pilates, so I love it obsessed.
0: Uh, okay, uh, maybe I'll try that. I le- <laughs> I let you know how it goes. So thank you so much for being here. I was lovely talking to you and to have another opinionated woman and an ap- apologetic. I loved it. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me. I loved it. We should do it again.
0: <laughs> uh, anytime. And people, see you next time in Coffee Number 5. It was so good to have you here today. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao ciao